0: King Jesus, you rule with love, not with fear. Your kingdom power is exercised in weakness and invulnerability, not in violence or strength. Give us a holy vision this morning, a holy vision in this world that we may see your kingdom manifest among us. Amen. I want you to be seated this morning. I had said back in the season of Advent, early in Advent, that one of the greatest dangers the church faces, especially this time of year around Christmas, is sentimentalism. Sentimentalism has the power to deflate the faith, to take the edge off it, and to turn it into, as Karl Marx once famously said, an opiate for the people, a comfy and merry faith, but one completely disconnected from reality. It was John the Baptist in Advent with his brood of vipers rhetoric that disabused us of a sentimental faith. Well, on this side of Christmas, it is the harrowing story of King Herod's infanticide, as he confronts the lordship of Jesus with the fear that is latent within any grip on political power in this world. The Slaughter of the Innocents, as the story has come to be known, is a Christmas story. And it's a Christmas story which corrects us of any notions that Christmas is all about the cute and the cuddly. No, Christmas, the incarnation of God among us, is about the realness of our humanity and about the rawness of our humanity. It is about God in flesh, in the violence and mire of our world. Herod the Great, he was a puppet king. He was put in place by the famous Roman general, Mark Antony, who was at the time the ruler of Rome's eastern provinces. Herod's family, his father, had converted to Judaism for the sole purpose of appeasing the masses in Jerusalem and keeping the Pax Romana, the Peace of Rome. He was a ruthless leader who would go to any lengths to protect his power, and he went to many. In his bid to protect his rule, he not only commits the infanticide in Bethlehem that Matthew tells us about this morning. He also killed off in the neighborhood of around 300 public officials during his reign. He murdered his own wife and he strangled two of his own sons who portended to the crown. When he finally died, he feared that the masses would not properly grieve his death because his popularity was so low. When he was about to die, he summoned 30 beloved public officials who he instructed to be killed after his own death so that the public would grieve appropriately. This is who the Holy Family needed to seek refuge from. Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus, they fled to pagan Egypt where they found asylum. Now, the irony in the flight to Egypt is not lost on me. In fact, it's quite remarkable in the scriptures. The infant son of God, the very son of Israel, fled as a displaced refugee to Egypt Israel's sworn and symbolic enemy that had oppressed the Hebrew people for 430 years. It's also the place where Pharaoh had unleashed his own infanticide against the firstborn Israelite children. This became a refuge for Jesus and his family. And it was Herod's fear and violence that drove the Holy Family into Egypt. This Herod the Great knew a threat to his power, and so did every Herod since. In total, throughout the New Testament, there were five of them. This Herod, they called Great, died shortly after Jesus was born. His older son, Archelaus, born of his wife Malthus, we heard about this morning, he reigned only a few years. He was deposed as Herod when Jesus was about six years old. Then there's Herod's younger son by the same wife, Malthus, Herod the Tetrarch. He's famous for having murdered John the Baptist on a dinner party dare because John denounced his affair with his own brother's wife. He is also the Herod was known for his encounter with Jesus at his trial. And then there's King Herod Agrippa. He's the grandson of Herod the Great. He murdered James and tried to murder Peter as well. Finally, there was King Herod Agrippa's son, also named Agrippa the Younger, who bantered with Paul later in the book of Acts, amidst great pomp, and exclaimed that Paul was trying to convert him. It is not an accident of history that Jesus and his followers embodied a threat to these Herods. It's not an accident of history that they went to the lengths that they did to stop Jesus and his followers. It is not an accident of history. Because Jesus claimed lordship. He claimed kingship. The Magi, the other actors in the story, which we'll hear more about next week at Epiphany, the Magi knew this. They worshipped Jesus. They knew the claims about him, but they experienced him not as a threat, but they were not in power, not the way Herod was. They only experience Jesus as a gift. The Herods of this world, they do the opposite of the Magi. They work against the subversive kingdom of God to make it subservient to the state. And so Matthew is crystal clear here as the evangelist. This is political theology played out in the theater of history. If Jesus is Lord, Matthew says, Herod and all the other Herods that fall into line most certainly are not. We live in the same world. We live in a world beset by fear. We live in a world where innocents are still slaughtered. Where people hold to power relentlessly, viciously, whether we know it or not, we need the vulnerability, we need the peace, and we need the tenderness of King Jesus. Christmas Tide is our call to seek, to follow. To learn of his strange rule? Do we live in fear? Fear of what the future holds, fear of what might upset our comfortable lives, fear of the unknown, fear of tragedy, fear of how our ordered lives might be messed up? Or do we seek out what God is doing in this world? Do we learn about this King Jesus, learn about and live out his suffering love? This Christmastide, my prayer is that we give ourselves over to the vulnerability that forms the bedrock of the rule of God. The birth of Jesus. This threat to Herod and to all worldly power is the antidote to all sentimentality and every form of cheap and comfortable faith. Because of him, because of this Jesus, no matter our circumstances, no matter what happened this past year, we can greet this new year not with optimism. Optimism is not a Christian vision of things but we can greet the new year with deep hope. Hope that even though we live in a world that is bent on destruction, even though we live in a world where tragedy and horrors are realities, this King Jesus sits on the throne and rules with love. The events surrounding his birth As Matthew tells us this morning, remind us how the Savior of the world shared in the fullness of our humanity and was made like us in every respect, as we heard from the letter to the Hebrews this morning. Because he himself suffered our every pain and every sorrow of the world, he is able to help those who suffer, you, me. Indeed, this world. Thanks be to God. Amen.